listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. We have a segment here called, Yes, It's Taboo, But Is It True? And that's where I say things that are taboo, but potentially true. In fact, I'm going to do an impromptu version of that for about a minute right now, just to show you how hardcore I am. And then when I say what I say after that, you're going to be like, huh, okay, it's not that he's soft. I believe, and Fez, you can tell me what you think, and Maddie, I believe that Trevor Lawrence, for example, there should be built in maybe a third of a point in the spread, or maybe in their, the Clemson odds to win the title, the fact that Trevor Lawrence effectively has a vaccine. Right? So, what does a vaccine do for COVID? What does a vaccine do? It give, and again, not to be a scientist here, but it gives you a little, just enough of the virus or the agent that you your body reacts to it and builds up the antibodies and defenses, but it doesn't get you sick. Right? That's the challenge. How do you find that right amount? And again, this is very simplified because I don't understand it fully for sure. Okay, but when you get it, at least our scientific understanding is that you effectively are not going to get it again, or at least it seems, I guess we're uncertain in years to come, but certainly in the near term. Okay, so the fact that Trevor Lawrence has had COVID means there's zero chance he's going to get COVID again. The one guy on the Clemson team that's going to move the needle massively, that's not the case with Ohio State. That's not the case with, and let's go down the list, right? So, shouldn't we account for that, especially when you're looking over, what, almost a month of games in which if you're, if you're betting for an individual game, maybe not, but if you're betting to win two and win the title, doesn't that make Clemson potentially slightly more attractive? Yes. Yeah, so, if we do the math, if, Trevor, if he's worth five points, 5% chance maybe to get COVID, we arrive at a quarter of a point. But I think it's worth more than that, RJ, because now it's real easy to schedule um, any practice you want, any meeting you want with Trevor Lawrence, because you don't have to worry about potential exposure to the virus. And I think you can be a lot looser that way, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, the point here is I would contemplate that. And it's taboo, perhaps. It's like, in a way, celebrate that he got it because it is an advantage. We're not celebrating it, we're, not- we're noting it. Mm-hmm. But it's you know taboo but true. Okay, it's a good one I think. Jonas, I'm sure you would if you thought you had a little edge because of that. You wouldn't be shy taking off the rubber band, right? Not at all. Exactly. You got a certain <laughs> crowd here, right? Straight out of Vegas. Now, when I say this, I was watching a morning show and 
I it was get up and I heard him say this. Well, they're mad at him, Haskins. The, the Washington team is mad at him, but they have a problem. They don't think Alex Smith is going to be back, so they can't really do much about it. They say, what? So what you're saying here is any penalty for whatever you do, and this is effectively risking the health of your team, risking the ability to even play the game, risking the shield. And Jones, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is a nuance that doesn't matter, but I kind of think it does. My understanding is he's the one that organized the party in his hotel room or in a hotel room nearby him, whereas he didn't go out to the club to get a hot dog. He literally had the party brought to him. Yeah, the report that initially surfaced was, well, he was at a strip club. As it turns out, he wasn't at a strip club. He was at a hotel room with his girlfriend, and there were strippers present. Big that difference. he hired. Yes. Okay. So he literally threw the party. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, to me, if, you, if your buddies are going to the strip club and you go, obviously it's problematic in today's environment with the you know protocols. But still, you can understand. Like to me, the dude from the Clippers that went for the what was he going for? The, the hamburgers? Uh, the uh, the uh, buffalo wings. wings. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that I, I kind of made a little bit of sense. Absolutely. And and at the end of the day here. The, it's interesting to see what Washington's going to do with the fact that they sort of control their own destiny now in the NFC East. Well, they certainly do, right? They went out. In fact, they, yes. Yeah. And with Allen Hurt, they don't really have a viable option. And what they're saying is winning and getting that playoff money is more important than disciplining our starting quarterback. That's it. And it's actually not a starting quarterback in theory because this is the guy you sat down and let Flipper play understanding he probably didn't have flipper was never going to be Kyle Allen was never going to be the Washington long-term quarterback so they said whatever chance Haskins has of making it we're willing to sacrifice that to quit talking to this guy effectively we don't have to talk to the third string quarterback he can sit there he can be solid he can be whatever they literally made that decision but now if the choice is an emergency quarterback or Haskins not only are they willing to talk to him and coach him up they won't ignore risking the lives of your head coach who just got off of chemotherapy. So, if you ever wonder about what is the ultimate prize, what, what is this all about? What is the NFL all about? It's about winning. And you know what? I don't think I've ever seen a situation I thought a team cared too much about winning. I'm usually the one that says, hey, that's fine. Do that. Do that. Oh, Ali fought, you know, like Ali Frazier, you know, Thriller Manila 3, they both got brain damage, you know, many would say related to that. Okay. I thought it was an amazing event. I, I, I wouldn't recommend they do it, but I can appreciate the, the effort level, right? The, the dedication. Kevin McHale walking with a limp because he decided to play a playoff game. Jordan risking his career in theory to, to, to try to push a team to be the eighth seed so they would get crushed by the Celtics. I love it all. I, I can't lie. I, I, to me, something mattering more than the day-to-day tedium of life. You know, like they say in movies a lot of times, there's worse things than dying. I'm all for that. But at some point, something has to mean something. And if you're going to spend all this time telling me about protocols and how important this is, and the only thing is, what is the Haskins downgrade from Haskins to an emergency quarterback, generic emergency quarterback? Three points. So, literally, for a field goal, 
Washington is is being a hypocrite beyond hypocrisy. And you know what? No one on Get Up said this. And no offense to them, I'm saying I don't think I'm hearing anyone say it. it's all kind of a get. Yep. Oh yeah, we'd have to go to emergency backup. Oh, forget that. Haskins is playing. Do you think if Haskins were the third stringer still, Kyle Allen was there, Alex Smith was behind him, what would they have done today? Released him. Yeah. Probably. Instead. Hey, give us an apology and let's get to the meeting room. <laughs> yeah. Jonas Dodds. Yeah, and also to your point on the winning aspect, I didn't see the Rams stop the game in the NFC title game to say, you know what, we that was a bad call on us. That should have been pass interference. Give it to New Orleans. They knew they got away with something and they wanted to win the game. That's always the ultimate at the top the priority. Which I if the Rams would have stopped and said you know, you should actually you know, almost like in uh <laughs> golf, you know, call right. a penalty on yourself. Right. I think I would have, um, well, let's just say this, Ram batters might have rided. So, <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, I want to set the, the last point for me. I want to set the distinction here. The distinction here isn't you're trying to gain a competitive edge. It's that someone has done something. I mean, let, let, let me ask you this, and I don't want to get too graphic here, but let's say that, and let's not even talk about Haskins, let's say player X assaulted the daughter of someone associated with the team and not don't even no detail doesn't matter would we then say yeah you know that's horrible i think you should pay the price but after the game i don't no. think anyone no. but really how different is it the nfl is asking and you could say it's very different someone's not being assaulted but i'm hearing that covid is life threatening you know, again, I don't. Under, I know that's kind of a political issue in a way, and all. But let's assume there's truth to that. If you believe it or not, isn't that pretty? I mean, like, where's that fit? Like, we can kind of say, what about if he, you know, poisoned the drinking water? Like, we can always come up with all these analogies. But if you're risking lives, your team's life. And it's so obviously wrong. It's not some shade of, oh, did they have the mask on or not? It strikes me that this is the time you either step up, no matter if it's about winning or losing, or you're a hypocrite. And I know they're hypocrites, but most people don't. Does anyone disagree with that? No. 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 And it was just, like you said, such a flagrant violation that that's got to be penalized more, you would think, but it wasn't. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So, RJ, the Pittsburgh Steelers, your Pittsburgh Steelers, find themselves losers of three consecutive games. There are people that are jumping off the bandwagon, and now Pittsburgh finds themselves at home and a one-and-a-half point underdog against the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday. Total reevaluation of Pittsburgh off the Cincinnati game. I think it's justified the a total reevaluation, and it's been a four-point move from the line before the Monday night game. Pittsburgh plays, and now it's like, oh, Pittsburgh's not any good, and now Steelers one and a half point home underdogs against the Colts team. Colts been playing pretty well. I love, love, love. One of my favorite picks of the season over the total in this game. Mm. What are you seeing, Faz? 44 and a half, I see. 
Oh, check that. I just misspoke. <laughs> I love, 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 love under in this game. 44 and a half. There are a couple 45. That's what I'm thinking, 45. Now, here's why I like the under. Some of it's obvious and some of it isn't. What's obvious is Pittsburgh's offense is struggling, and thus we can downgrade Pittsburgh, but we're really not effectively downgrading the Steelers' defense. They've played very well. Even against Cincy, it wasn't bad. It's the offense. Now, here's the question. Is it fixable? Does Big Ben's arm get stronger? Is he able to go downfield? No. Is the offensive line going to get younger? No. Is the running backs going to get more spry? No. So, it doesn't feel fixable. Does anyone think that, and I get they could try to do this, we could all give them advice, but does anyone here think there's a clear path to the Steelers fixing this offense? Because if there were, why haven't they done it? Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. All right. But I think you got a super intelligent Colts team. So, what's I mean, intelligent? You, you know, Frank Reich's one of the best coaches. He hires smart coaches. And what you know is the smart coaches, Belichick at the forefront, if you're limited, they're going to exploit that. Some coaches are so oblivious, it seems. A team's going to only do, like, only throw to the left, but they're going to keep half their guys over to the right. And it's like, you know, that's an extreme example, but. Belichick's not going to let you not be multiple, right? And I put Frank Reich in that top tier that he's got a smart team. He also has really good linebackers, really good on the Colts. So here's the question How do you neutralize a great linebacker? Play action, you make him afraid to go over the top, over the top of you. So now you're playing the run and the pass. Pittsburgh's not going over the top. Pittsburgh doesn't play action, all right? So very much. I think they're like one of the bottom five in the league. Ben doesn't like to turn his back to the defense, is the theory. Okay. So that seems like it's not only a bad Steelers offense, but it's a bad matchup for that Steelers offense. Now, what do we know about Mr. Phillip Rivers? What we know is he's great if he can set his feet, he's not great if there's pressure on him. Well, Pittsburgh, even without Devin Bush, even, you know, with all their losses, they still get a lot of pressure on the other team. I think this is a problem for the Colts. So you add it up, you got this line is fair generally, but there's a match up edge against the offense on both sides. What do you guys think? I like it. I'm thinking back to the Cincinnati game that went over against Pittsburgh. There were 44 points scored, but like you mentioned, there was no offense in that game. Both teams what was it 240 yard or Cincinnati had 240? Was it? Yeah, and Pittsburgh comparable amounts. So you get under 500 yards of total offense. There's no way you should get 40 points in an NFL game. So, but because that game had 44 points, I think we're getting a little bit of a higher total as a reaction to that. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We're joined by Matty Holt, who is the perpetual skeptic. So let's hear your thoughts. I'm a little bit nervous. You don't have to be skeptical. You can just say it's great. Okay, I'll just. Uh, you know. What do you got? Well, I get nervous about two, uh, you know, turnover-prone quarterbacks here, and the problem is 
Pittsburgh can't run the football right now at all. So that means Big Ben has to throw a lot, and he's not accurate. He can't throw the football downfield. They're able to stack the linebackers in that zone, which leads to more interceptions. Interceptions lead to short fields. They also lead to defensive scores. So let's agree to that. But And in general, there's a correlation between how good the offense is or how bad they are, and their chance of turning it over, right? Is t- in the old days there used to be offenses that were bad and conservative. Now they don't really have those. If you're bad, it means you're throwing and you're bad, right? Throwing and bad, yeah. yes. So I, I think that's exemplified with Pittsburgh because they can't run the ball right now, especially with James Conner out. I agree. I also think though, with a total of 45 and 45s are out there, you're only three points below the NFL average right now. Right? Sure. What, what are we in 48 and a half or so? Yeah. So to me. It's not like we got a total of 39 and it just takes one pick six. And we're going to. So, usually when you got two really bad offenses, you're worried. And I'm not saying the Colts are a bad offense. You're worried about the pick six and whatever. And maybe, and Fez, do you ever do this? Do you ever put 10% of your bet, maybe a little sprinkle on a uh, interception return? Or what is it, a special team? Special teams or defensive touchdown plus 250. Kind of, it's like no, it's, buy- a, it's not a great bet generally. Yes, but actually, in this case, I would make the case it probably is a good bet because you got two quarterbacks that can't tackle worth the lick if they do throw an interception. So it's more likely those interceptions become pick sixes. I've never heard anyone talk about the quarterback's <laughs> ability to tackle in my life. Philip Rivers got hurdled by a guy quarterback going for a ability to tackle. Uh, How do you even measure that? Hurdled. Well, I think we can with these two. I, didn't you talk about once his hand was dropping like he was going down the pit into hell or something? And he was like reaching up to try to grab someone's Leg. So let's say this. I can. I agree. If there are, I almost would take one pick six and still think we'd be fine. But if there's not more than one, I think we got a good bet here. Jonas, what do you think from the fans' perspective? No, I, I like it. And to your point, and I don't know how I know this statistic because I was looking it up last week, but this is actually the longest Philip Rivers has gone without a turnover in three years. The last time he went three consecutive games he without a turnover was 2017. So it feels like he's due. It feels like there's a turnover due here. Plus, if Pittsburgh is inept, you got on offense, which they tend to be lately, you got to figure Frank Reich is smart enough to say, let's play a low-variance game right now. And Jonathan Taylor is running very well, so he'll probably get a lot of carries in this game with limited success. If his line's 42, I don't like. I mean, this is the to me, the line should be 42 and a half, 45. That's your value. That's what we're fighting for. Last thing, we're straight out of Vegas. Faz, I sent you an email on this. There are a lot of good AFC teams, and one of them isn't even going to make the playoffs. So if you kind of run down the list, you got Tennessee, you got this Colts team. Pittsburgh's in, Kansas City's in, Bills are in, you've got Miami, and then you've got who am I missing? Cleveland. Cleveland, right? And Baltimore. One of those teams isn't making it. Correct. All right. Could win 11 games and miss. Say, yeah. I mean, I'd be like the year the Patriots did when Brady was out 11 and 5 uh, with Castle. Belichick's a genius. Okay. Pittsburgh on a neutral field is favored against which of those teams? Only one Miami Dolphins. Wow. So, what do you think the line is, Miami Pittsburgh on a neutral? Pittsburgh minus one. And this is only. First of all, you got to say the line. Say it again. Pittsburgh minus one. Minus one. Wow. Go ahead. I don't even know about that. And Pittsburgh's only favorite, exactly, because Miami's skill position players are still injured. Devontae Parker, So, if if they had their normal players, they still would. uh, Pittsburgh wouldn't be favored over Miami. That's right. 
I mean, guys, it was just what, 14 days ago or a little bit more that, that Pittsburgh was still favored over Buffalo? Right? Remember the look ahead line in, yes. in that Sunday yep. night game was Pittsburgh favored at Buffalo. And then, like, two, like, 17 days later, there's no team hardly that, that, that they would be favored over that's going to make the playoffs. In fact, Miami's probably the most likely team not to make the playoffs, which, if that's the case, Pittsburgh would be underdogs on a neutral against every AFC playoff team. Crazy. Wow. And they're home underdogs this week, so we don't have to speculate. They are home underdogs this week to the Indianapolis Colts. We can do some quick housekeeping here with our batting. Um, I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. So, Matt, you have a sweet, 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 sweet portfolio of Bill's bats against Faz. Yes. Give us the details quickly. Uh, I have two hundred dollars at thirty to one with Fez on the Bills <laughs> so, to win the Super Bowl. So let me do the math here. That's six million dollars. <laughs> so oh wait, grand. all right, yeah. six thousand. Okay. <laughs> and that, that that's it. I have several other bets on oh. the Buffalo Bills, ranging from as small as twenty to as high as a hundred at either thirty to fifty to one odds. Okay, so here's the question: You've been a Bills supporter, yeah. I mean, to the point that we almost ridiculed you over it at various points as the defense looked bad. It strikes me, I'm seeing in a lot of power ratings in the media, Bill's second best team in the NFL. I think they could be right now. Faz, how you feeling? Not good. Current odds on the Bills are 11 to 1, so huge overlay. <laughs> and plus, let's be honest, those odds are going to be, their odds are better than that, wouldn't you? What, what, let me think. No, their odds are going to be slightly worse than that because of the VIG. But okay, what do you think the true odds are? Right? Like, at what point, if you. At what point do you think it wouldn't be a good bet? Forget you got any Bills action right now, Matt. Is if you didn't, where do you think the value starts? Is eleven to one? Do you think there's value? I do actually, especially if they can pass Pittsburgh, secure that number two. Yeah, speed. but those are a bunch of ifs. As of today, you think it's eleven to one is borderline value. Value. Yep. What do you think, Faz? I think you need fourteen to one. Okay. With Jones. it going as poorly as it looks like it's going for Fez, has he tried to work Maddie into some other bets in other places to try and recoup <laughs> maybe some of the loss elsewhere? See, that's the thing. Usually, Fez will try to exploit the naivete, <laughs> the ignorance of the other person. But this is the guy that booked billions of dollars in like we bring in the big guns here. I don't think you're gonna get. It's, let's just say this: there's one way to get Maddie. It's get his ego involved. You got to know how to do it. I do personally. I do. Otherwise, he's almost bulletproof. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm not messing with this one. <laughs> and what what I really like about the position in this one is, you know, this is the only futures bet we made before the season, and Fez was so down on Josh, Josh Allen, inaccurate, oh. and, and but, I was. But let's be honest, everyone was. Meaning, you, you might have been in a minority position, but like I'm hearing people say, and Jones probably hears this too. I've never seen. A quarterback get accurate this late in his life. Like, there's people saying they've never seen this before. But didn't some of it have to do with the weapons around him? Boy, they gave him some weapons to play with. You know, you know, it's funny. Uh, McKenzie just threw this up. The completion percentage for Josh Allen going back to 2011. JV High School, he was 59 percent. Varsity High School, he was 50. 
and then the next year, 57. At Reedley Community College, which I didn't even know he went there, 49%. So, the guy in 2014, <laughs> did you know this, John? Yeah, he's, and that's what's been so amazing. That's why the Bills deserve so much credit for just building around him and actually developing him, because everybody saw him as a project. They saw him as somebody that maybe one day he's got all the tools, he'll be something. He started from day one, and he's gotten better every year since. Think about this. Six years ago is not that long ago. He was at Reedley Community College and he completed less than half his passes. And if someone would have pointed at that guy and say, Oh, yeah, he might be the second best quarterback in the NFL in 2020, they would have thought you were insane. <laughs> Fez, you didn't even know about that Reedley Community College. <laughs> not at all. Who was he playing against? <laughs> How the heck did he upgrade to Wyoming given those stats, right? I don't know. I guess when you have that big arm. Oh my gosh. So last thought on this. So six six thousand, not six million. But you we you know, former participant in the show, local radio guy Steve Cofield. He bet a couple things with you. What was it, Tiger Woods, right? Where you gave him like these jumbo, like Tiger was 10 to 1. He was like, oh, make it 20 to 1, like that. And, you know, Cofield's a small bet. We bet like 50 bucks. He'd have to come in. We were doing the weekend shift, like right before Jonas at the time. And it was like um, on his weekend show. And it was like, Steve Cofield would go, here's your 50. And it'd be like, it'd be like, it'd be like tens that were ripped. And, you know, like, I think he got it from his like first communion or something. And you just kept pocketing those money. You figured, this is nice to be a bookie. These big long shots never, never, ever pay off, is what you were thinking. Yeah. And he had Tiger Woods multiple times. And he like he would get second or something, and you just laugh and take the no, money. And you document no golfer played better than Tiger Woods during the stretch without winning a major. So collectively, though, you only made like 150 bucks from him. Do you think that influenced your willingness to give him 30 to one? Yes, because because <laughs> I keep banking the wins, I got sloppy. And also, Fez took advantage of McKenzie in a live bet during the show as well, too. Not that long. Ago. Oh yeah. But that's just an example of how if he gets down, he's gonna fight. He's shooting his way out. Let's just say that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 